My name's Marcus, and I'm no expert comic book collector. With help from some not like-minded friends and you, our audience, I want to explore the amazing medium of comic books. This podcast is a reaction to all the common misconceptions I hear about comics as an art form. It's about how superheroes aren't the only type of stories you can find in comics. From true crime and memoir to historical fiction and sci-fi, comics have it all. This podcast is about educating people on what they can find out there and giving readers new, old, or misinformed something great to read. Listen up, nerds and future nerds. This is the VF Comics Podcast. Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the best weekly comic book sequential art podcast dedicated to all types of readers. Every week we will explore various topics, news, books, and talent in the medium of comics. My name is Megan, and every week I'm joined by a few lovely individuals who do not share my opinions and tastes in our exploration of this fascinating world. With me this week is the owner of Retrograde Comics and all-around great guy, James... Thank you. I like that. You're yes. welcome. <laughs> uh, also here today is the person you probably wish was hosting, Marcus. No. I'm here. I'm actually oh, still okay. here. I know the world James wanted no. me. James does not want me here. James is very happy <laughs> with the complimentary Megan. And finally, we have our newest member of the team who is delightful and has been a valuable addition, Tom. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. I'm excited. The podcast is already um, so much more wholesome when you host. I'm, I know. I'm better than Marcus. That's what, yeah, we all know it. It's fine. Um, so how's everyone doing this week? It's been a pretty good week. Doing great. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. I know three Glad of us are going it. to see Dune today, and someone else lied about going to see it early. It's like, I'm not really into Dune. <laughs> that did happen <laughs> yeah i saw it it was it was good that's all i'm gonna say about it because y'all haven't seen it but uh yeah it's a fun fun watch so i only have a couple of news things to talk about and then we're gonna get into some some other things but i found a a quick starter i found a kickstarter what is a quick starter like one that <laughs> it resolves really quickly like they make their money really fast and they're in oh there. good 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 yeah we uh, should okay, start so... that now like that business <laughs> idea guys <laughs> yeah it's good uh, i found a kickstarter for a graphic novel that i was really interested in backing so there's only like three days left on the uh kickstarter campaign so i wanted to share that with anyone in case anyone was also interested um so it's called real hero shit and it's by Kendra Wells, uh, and it's being published by Iron Circus Comics. And this is what the little blurb says on Kickstarter. Written and drawn by cartoonist Kendra Wells, the six by nine hundred page bound book follows a demonic playboy prince, a stoic half elf, a short fused mage, and a compassionate cleric on a mystery solving sword and sorcery filled adventure. If you're after sharp character writing and queer rep in your fantasy, then this is the book for you. Uh, so I'm really interested in that. Uh, because oh, cool. those are things that I'm looking for. I really like D and D. So Ooh, yeah, me too. Cool. A demonic Playboy campaign. Prince. Yeah, so it's supposed to be very D and D esque. I think she was inspired kind of by uh, her own D and D, you know, experience with D and D. She also said that this was the most self indulgent thing that she's ever written. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited about it. Um, but uh, it's eight dollars to get an ebook copy of this, and then fifteen dollars to get the ebook and the physical copy. So oh, on so the fifteen dollars for a hundred page, yeah. it's uh, not bad. Like full store, I mean that's mm -hmm. 
No, it's Pretty really great. reasonable. I don't think it's bad at all. And um, yeah, as of this release date, so on Tuesday, the day this is releasing, there's only three days left to back it. And they've already reached their goal, so so that's nice. But yeah, I know. I was excited for them. But I thought this looked fun. Just wanted to share something that isn't, you know, one of the big two. Yeah, I mean, that's really important. I think indie is taking off really big, and James can probably speak to that better than I can. And I really want to see more independent comics. And even though they've already met their goal, I know a lot of the Kickstarters we've talked about on the show have met their goals, but it was just nice to kind of jump on and be a part of it. And just to see something that I feel like I wouldn't normally see um, the uh, one book in particular, like the Sean Fitz Gibbons, uh, what mm-hmm. follows is true book. I mean, it's just very particular. It's local history to Arkansas. Um, great title too. That's yeah. Title. And mm-hmm. what follows is true. Um, me and him talked briefly about how it is actually going to be an ongoing yeah and that's that is uh, a perfect perfect name for a series yeah perfect perfect name for a series and so like he's gonna make lots of different um you know fact-based historical stories like this but he's starting off with the crescent hotel um good for him which is awesome awesome. i remember like getting on the internet and like looking up spooky stories about arkansas around this time to like you know get in the car with friends and try and go see like oh the Gurdon lights and stuff like that you know so it's really funny yes. to get like books, Shout books out. about about stuff like that you know yeah i was always so disappointed with you know with that because you know we had the across it lights down from where i'm from mm-hmm. I, whenever yeah. i found out other places had lights i was like oh, <laughs> no <Damn>. i was <laughs> always i was always heard one for the, uh, the moralton asylum and we, we never could find it and i always heard legends of like oh there was this abandoned asylum in moralton and you know, all this oh, crazy, real? awful there. stuff happened there. And like the graffiti would be like rampant on the first floor. But when you get to the like, you know, stairwell in the elevator, it just slowly tapers off because of how horrifying it is. And no one's ever made it to the third floor, you know, like stories like that. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a there's also an abandoned facility on the way to Hot Springs Village. I don't really know what it was, but me and my friends went and explored it. And there's like a couple of outbuildings. And we got underneath the floor, and for some reason, I don't know what we were thinking, but there was a hole in the floor, and we went down there, and underneath, underneath the floor, I don't know why, but you know, it's all dirt, and there were dug out like four foot, like deep, you know, for lack of a better term, right now that I can think of, graves underneath it, and it was just like a bunch of them underneath the floor, and we were like. What is going on? I mean, I'm sure that's not what it was, but that's yeah, terrifying. it's not what it was, but it was just like, why are we under? And we just hung out under there. What is wrong? Special, with special stupid. Halloween episode. Here we go. We're recording yeah. from. Yeah, the- yeah, no, we can't tell anyone actually where we are, so we don't get like yeah. arrested. Um, but you know, to go back to what you were, you were talking about, like I think you know, Kickstarter is a great way for these uh, up and coming artists and writers to really break out and get their stuff supported. So whether their goal is big or small, I think it's important to check these out. And if it interests you at all to back it up, we don't need, you know, I think James and I were joking the other day, like about a, you know, Batman series and how many Batman series there are. And it's like, there's always another Batman series. There's always one getting canceled and there's always one starting (laughs) and same with like Spider-Man. It's like, we have enough of that. I want to see some more of these like sort of original tales that aren't coming from, um, 
you know, a corporate, you know, selling hive mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, our second bit of news today to kind of switch gears is about image comics. And it's about, um, I don't know if James, you probably already know this, but um, they recently released a letter to their retailers uh, about how they will no longer be releasing second printings of their titles because of distribution issues. Um, and so this is a let- excerpt from a letter that they sent. Um, first things first, as many of you are now undoubtedly aware, the current shipping delays, supply chain crunch, and paper shortages are creating nationwide issues across many industries, and that impacts our industry too. I'm sure every publisher will have a different response to this crisis, but at Image, we're proactively streamlining our uh, releases to reflect these circumstances. Starting now and for the foreseeable future, there will be no second, second printings of any title. Um, so I don't know if James, is that something that you... I mean, there have been situations where there have been second prints on some image titles that really hit big. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really do it as much as some of the other folks I know that do it. Uh, you know, this this is kind of a weird thing coming from image, I guess. I mean, I love image. I love their books, their talent and everything. Uh, if they're worried about, you know, paper shortage, uh, you know, printer issues, whatever that's being uh, experienced throughout the industry. Uh, right now, uh, Spawn is being, uh, has like branched out. They've started doing a ton of different Spawn books now. Well, they've started. I shouldn't say there's a ton of them yet, but not, there, there's probably going to be about four or five when it's all said and done. Uh, uh, and... Uh, they do multiple co- uh, multiple covers of these books, and one of the little you know inside baseball things that that, that goes on w- with these types of releases is that they'll they'll do multiple covers of it for fans who are completionists who you know want to get all the covers, mm-hmm. and they do variant covers at, on ratios also. For example, if you order. 50 copies of spawn, you get a special variant cover. So it creates uh, a more scarce variant, which mm-hmm. retailers usually, I mean, usually from what I understand, uh, price higher for. And so uh, recently Todd did a signing on a two, on a one in 250 book. Now folks who are going to, you know, sell 250 copies of Spawn. I know it's not me. Uh, there's, uh, you know, that's quite a chunk of change that you put down for one variant book. And if you have a customer who really wants it, you order that and you're left with tons of copies that are just going to kind of sit there. Uh, if you can sell that many, more power to you. But, you know, most retailers I talk to, tell me that, you know, this is kind of a issue right now because uh, if we're talking about paper shortages and we're printing, you know, 250 copies of spawn for so ever, for however many retailers who may or may not sell that many, uh, which really inflates sales that, you know, mm-hmm. can be touted as, you know, we yeah, have spawn sold over a million copies or whatever. I don't think it quite did, but you know, there's a lot of copies out there floating around. Uh, 
you know, it, it, it just seems strange to like limit reprints in that situation when you could maybe, you know, not falsely inflate sales, I guess, of, of, yeah, of a book that yeah. just kind of sits there, you know? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the only benefit that I could feel like I could see from that is that they are able to inflate their sales numbers when talking about how much they send to the shops because they don't see any money from the collectible market. Like you're selling it still usually at like cost and you're paying for it at that specific low cost. So the companies themselves aren't actually seeing the benefits of the collector's market. So it's just got to be for inflating those numbers. And like you were saying, you don't know that many image series that get second prints. So well, clearly, I mean, you know, crossover did, uh, yeah. you know, w w whenever the big guys come in with something, you'll, you'll see second prints, third prints, fourth prints sometimes. But, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. It, it, it just seems strange to be worried about a paper shortage whenever you're, you're printing 250 copies of spawn, you huh, know, yeah. for, for, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of these online guys who, uh, you know, are really just buying this stuff just for the variants to sell. You know, I've, I've heard of guys online who buy hundreds and hundreds of, of copies of, of these books just to get the, these like really high level variants that they sell for, for a certain amount, but you know, it, it ends up making the rest of the books kind of worthless, you know, I yeah. mean, just like in the, in the nineties, whenever they were printing so many books because everybody was going after them for collectible reasons. Uh, you know, the industry saw that and they kicked in and start printing more. And now those books are worth like practically nothing. So now and it's it like, almost destroyed the comic book industry, especially I mean, Marvel. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a weird time. So I don't know. I mean, I think that Todd is really dedicated to uh, to, to comic book stores. I think he's a you know one of the, the few creators out there, big names that are really kind of like making a stand as far as uh, supporting local comic book stores. Uh, you know, there's so many different outlets that these big name guys have as far as, you know, going and doing their stuff. You know, some of these guys are going to Substack and, uh, you know, digital platforms and such. But, um, you know, in this case, I'm just wondering if, you know, we might be maybe going to the well too many times on with paper and not necessarily, you know, getting books into the hands of people who really want to read them, you know, because, you know, Spawn is a very particular fan base. They yeah. are, you yeah, know, yeah. you, you have your, your Spawn people that are going to buy it. Uh, you know, a book like, you know, if, if you have a breakout book by somebody that uh, people really want and you're still printing tons of Spawn books that are going to be bought, you know, that may or may not be bought, you know, depending on what it is. Um, you know, it, it, it just seems like you would want to, to try to support that breakout artist or breakout writer who's working on that and, you know, get more copies in, in, into the hands of fans. But, you know, maybe they're just, you know, going to just flat out play the uh, secondary market and, you know, just, you know, let this thing play out as as, as something that, that'll be settled by, by collectors or whatever. But, um yeah, and we'll see. 
James, last week you called yourself cynical when talking about this sort of aspect, and Megan's brought it up recently with me, too, on, you know, you just brought up a great point of, like, if you're really worried about paper shortages, why don't we look at this other thing that's going on over here? And so, really... Yeah, why are you wasting so, limited resources? That Yeah, and so it, it seems to be like a, you know... It, this is a, you know, corporate, look, we're trying to be good guys move when really the impact that they're performing is so small. And when they could be making a greater impact that you're like, you know, it's just, you know, it's that continued corporate good guy move. And it's sometimes, yeah, you it know, really, um, it, it, it muddies the, it, yeah, it muddies the waters uh, for like doing something really good that is just like, Oh yeah, you're doing this. You could do this, but you've chosen the path of least resistance and work and effort in order to do it. And then you told everybody about how you were doing it. Yeah. 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 During this, during this, you know, just like with this recent penguin issue with, with all the books being damaged and such, whenever they came in, everybody was, everybody was, was kind of talking about it. And, you know, penguin sort of sees it as this is, you know, who, who this, um, you know, somebody who, who gets a bunch of damaged books has to point out to Penguin that, look, you know, we don't sell stories anymore, <laughs> which is a very cynical way of putting it. But, you know, we don't sell stories anymore. We sell covers and damaged covers don't sell, you know. And, um, uh, that's especially you know, true with Penguin. Like, they're, yeah. their covers are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, the... Uh, you know, we had like a ton of busted, you know, spines and, you know, things in our shipment, but, you know, it's just, you know, what are we really, you know, focused on here? You know, I mean, it's clear from a cynical point of view that we sell a collectible product, not dissimilar from a card or a, you know, memento or something along those lines that is collectible, but away in plastic and, you know, sold, to, to somebody most likely for nostalgia purposes. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where we are. And they, but they did list the shipping crisis as a reason you said, Mark, uh, whoever, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, along yeah, with so. like paper shortage and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are so many different problems. Going yeah, on yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, you know, talking about the more, I think like industry center problems, like you guys have brought up along with like the actual global shipping problem right now, which is like, you know, a, an unavoidable reality at this point that isn't going away anytime mm-hmm. soon, uh, unfortunately. And that's, that's going to be really interesting about, about how we get goods in the next you know, I mean, for like foreseeable future, you know, the, the yeah. times just did a piece on, on, uh, on ports having that problem. Like there's that port in Savannah that all these shipping containers are getting just essentially trapped at or, and they likened it to like, you know, the, the port manager is like trying to clean out the garage and just constantly people are bringing new things into the garage and he oh, God. can't ship them out. So they're just getting stuck there. Um, mm. and, uh, Damn. And then That's when awful. the reporter was asked, like, you know, oh, is this is this something that the economy will just naturally like kick up and and fix on its own? He said, normally I'd say yes, but the way that things have been going, actually, I 
I think this is, this is it. This is the reality for a while. Um, mm. which I mean, like really, really, uh, like is, 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 is scary, you know, mm-hmm. but it also, James, you might uh, like have something to kick in on this. It, it does show kind of our problem with, uh, global consumerist economy <laughs> a little bit yeah. on oh. <laughs> yeah, there is a, how yeah, easily I can, a I can year definitely. just geared up the works there and, and, yeah no yeah and and we're a, we're an economy that expects things to be there right there on time yeah yes it. instantaneously and, yeah uh, yeah two days prior uh, delivery. and <laughs> i like you know it's funny because like i love trying to be patient and i'll be like where the shit it's it's wednesday you know it's supposed to be yeah. <laughs> you said tuesday and, and and the fact that the the infrastructure of this stuff is based on that model of like get that get it there at the last minute basically uh, you know, I see it with our shipments, you know, it's like they ship stuff at the last minute and it arrives at the last minute. And, you know, maybe we do need to, to maybe start putting things forward a little bit more. Uh, you know, just just try to get things in, into the pop, pipeline sooner and maybe not try to, you know, wait until to the last minute. Yeah. But we are we all want our stuff right when we want it. So. When, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I think that, you know, some places and companies probably, you know, wouldn't mind doing that, but they know that if they don't get it there quickly, someone else is going to come in and they're going to do it mm-hmm. for them. And oh, yeah. so it's, uh, you know, it's, ugh, that's a, re- it's a really complicated thing that I don't know if we want to focus on. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that, like, like the episode, yeah. it, you know, we, sh- we probably shouldn't title it Global Consumerism. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, well, um, anywho. We should do that sometime, though. Well, um, my, uh, the next thing we're talking about is, uh, James is taking over and he just walked away. So uh, and that's kind of rude. <laughs> like, here, I'm going to, I'm going to talk as James. <laughs> okay. So go, go, go ahead and tell, what, what are we talking about? All right. Now? Yeah. So James is going to explain comic grading to us because I know I, that's something we talk about some and I know nothing about. Yeah. Marcus, you and, go ahead and try uh, to if, talk about that. Ooh. I'm going to watch. I'm, <laughs> I'm James. I'm James. Watch. Okay. Big go man. for it. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, Oh Jesus. In, uh, in comic books, you know, a lot of these collectors we were talking about, they, uh, you see, they, they like to get the pristine covers. You know, we sell covers, not stories. Um, uh, such an so. asshole. <laughs> I don't think he has as many ums and uhs. Like yeah, I don't know. So that's You're the selling purpose. Him short. That's yeah, the, the purpose of, of that's the purpose like of an I'm impression. Like you have to exaggerate their behaviors. I wish I had a I'm wig. I would put on a James enough. wig and just be like, uh, make me out right, like so. I'm some sort of like an inarticulate <laughs> hobo or something. Listen, <laughs> I uh on. You know, when I beg for money on <laughs> the street corner <laughs> because I run a comic book shop. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> no, wow. That part's true. That is <laughs> depressing. Jim's like, no. that was too close to the truth. Um, yeah. But yeah, James, you know, I feel like I've really covered that topic, but why don't you take over from here? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go right ahead. 
Um, my ears are hearing double. Yeah, two Jameses. Oh my god. <laughs> two Jameses. Oh god. Yeah, we can't do. Can't handle it. No, yes, I'm Meg. What James. were your Meg? What were your questions about the? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, explain to us a little bit about comic grading because I don't know anything about that, and every once in a while we'll mention it. And okay, I need you to explain. Megan's graded a couple <laughs> of comics, and she wants to know if she told them. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I need to know. Want, let me guess. You got a copy of X Men number one from 1992, and you want me to tell you how much it's worth. Exactly. Exactly. That's what. That's what. That's why you're here. And it. And the answer is nothing. But, <laughs> oh no! Um, that's not what I wanted to hear. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, grading is now a big. Uh, it's a big deal now within the uh, within the comic book community. It's really blown up here in the last, uh, gosh, decade. I guess uh, there was a long time whenever. Uh, you know, comic book collecting kind of went into this lull. Uh, after the 90s, people figured out that collecting comics that were printed very high, you know, that had circulations of like, you know, thousands and thousands of copies uh, dur during the 90s were worth nothing, basically. And that was a period of time whenever people were buying a lot of them, thinking that they were going to pay for their kids' college. Uh, you know, that down the road, they're, they're going to be worth millions and it just didn't happen. Ugh, beanie babies. Um, and so it took a while for us, for, for the collecting community to kind of recover from that. Uh, basically print runs fell dramatically uh, in the late, really, really fell to their lowest points, probably there around the uh, turn of the millennium. Uh, Marvel was in dire straits. Uh, uh, everybody was just giving up on, on the industry. I mean, it was a bad time. So print runs were very low. And during that time, there were a lot of really talented people who were in the industry that started making really good work and honestly kind of saved the industry in a lot of different ways. You know, you had guys like uh, Ben, Brian Michael Bendis and uh, uh, Ed Brubaker, people like that, that, you know, came in and worked on, on books that, uh, that became very popular and spawned some really great IP for these companies. And as Marvel recovered, uh, these, that IP started being turned into, uh, into material that they could use in other mediums, TV, movies, things like that. So as that happened, we saw a, sharp increase in uh, collector demand. A new generation of collectors started coming in who had seen these things on TV, movies, and wanted first appearances of stuff. And slowly, uh, the, uh, the collectible market became much more robust. Now it's probably at its, probably at its highest point since the 90s, I would say. Uh, what, and what that means is back to your, I, I, I had to provide that as context because whenever it, it came to grading, grading was something that was pretty much kind of, you know, standardized across, uh, across the industry, uh, through comic shops and, you know, things like that. Uh, but eventually, uh, 
in, in the nineties, there was a, a company called uh, CGC that, that came along that promised to, uh, to encapsulate your books, grade them, you know, entomb them for posterity and you could stick it on your wall or whatever. Uh, and so really now CGC stands for children going crazy, um, no, which doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. Collector's guarantee company. No, I think, I think I'm right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, that aside, um, right now people are really expecting things to be CGC'd or, uh, you know, slabbed as they say, uh, you, you take a book, you send it off. It is, um, it's graded by somebody and it's put in, into this plastic shell. And that is really what's driving the market right now. I think, I mean, whenever you see, uh, prices between raw books and these graded books, it could be the difference could be thousands. Uh, and whenever you, you grade a comic as, you know, a person in a store, you know, you can, you can get, uh, certified to be a grader. You can take courses and things like that to do it. But most of us, I mean, honestly, we, we just kinda, you know, we've read, you know, Overstreet and, and other different uh, books and, and we've kind of learned, you know, what people are, are generally looking for. Some people are, are comfortable slapping a, a number on, on a raw book and calling it, you know, a nine, eight or a nine, four, or, you know, a lot of times they'll just do things like very fine, good, uh, just using the categories. But uh, I'm, I'm very leery about that. I mean, I, I, I come from a professional background, you know, I have a license and, you know, <laughs> you know, as a, in psychology. So I know that, you know, I guess I'm just kind of weird saying that I can do something whenever I'm not like, there's not like a credential by me or yeah, something yeah, doing yeah. it. Right, and, and yeah. I feel like that, that I have to be honest about that. Some folks don't really are much more confident in themselves on that. But <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you look at a book, you look at it for, um, you know, blemishes on, on the cover. You look at it for like any type of uh, staining, uh, uh, sun damage. Sometimes sun can, uh, can fade a cover. Uh, you look at the uh, spine of, of the book to make sure that there aren't any, uh, uh, creases, you know, comic books are, are supposed to open out like this and not be bent like this, you know, and, uh, and that can cause oh, spine crap. breaks. I've been storing my comics wrong. Hold on. <laughs> so yeah. Take a while. Uh, so anyway, uh, you look at that, you, you look at, at all, all these things and you, you know, you obviously count the uh, pages. You, you kind of look to see what color the pages are um, and you assign a grade to it. That grade is usually, uh, you know, on a 10 point scale. Uh, I know that uh, that's what CGC and, and most of the uh, uh, slabbing companies do. Uh, and usually, uh, you know, most books are mid grade kind of in that, you know, seven range, seven, seven to eight. Uh, 
but if you're, but if you were a conscientious collector, I always tell people this, if you're a conscientious collector and you bagged and boarded stuff and stuck them in boxes and things like that, you got a pretty good chance of getting a, you know, an eight or nine out of, out of your book, maybe even more, uh, you know, that is if you, you know, elect to, to get it graded. I don't, I don't assign those grades. So it's not me. You have to pay to, to, to get those grades. And a lot of times you have to look at, you know, what your book is worth raw versus what it would be worth, you know, slabbed. And if it is, if it is a, a significant difference, you got to think about, you know, how much will it cost for my, for, for this to, to be done. Is it pretty costly it, to it's have it graded? Yeah. I mean, you're looking at anywhere from, you know, $25, I believe for, for some modern books, uh, that's like a standard, but y'all's got to, you got to figure in shipping and, you know, whether or not you want insurance and, and things like that. A lot of times the, the grading companies will offer that. That's kind of included in the price, but, um, and they'll offer uh, to like kind of clean it up too, if they can clean it up a little yes, bit. So does that increase the value the once you kind of grade it? Oh. Like it makes the book. Well, you, it, you talk about raw you, books you usually as well. Get, yeah. Yeah. If you have a raw book, uh, you can send it in. You can have it cleaned and pressed. That's a new process. Well, not a new process, but it's fairly recently. People are doing it much more uh, where you're basically dry cleaning the book, which can help immensely uh, in the condition of your book. Um, I know that I sent in a book one time early on whenever I was a, a young collector um, and I didn't get it cleaned and pressed and, uh, came back at like a 8.5. Uh, years later, I, I cracked it open and sent it in to have it clean and pressed and graded, and it ended up being like a 9.8. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, it, can, wow. It, it can make that big of a That's difference. That's crazy. Yeah, they but can. There's other factors there as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, generally that helps. And, and a lot of guys do that locally. You can probably find people in your community that can do it uh, in the local comic book community. I, I have a guy that. Uh, does a little bit of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's cheaper, but a lot of times, you know, if, if it's a valuable book, you know, the, the uh, sliding scale changes. So um, it may be more expensive, you know, that's sort of like built in with, with the whole insurance part of it. Uh, they usually ask you to, you know, give them an idea of, of how much you think your book is worth, which is, kind of weird because you're they're asking you how much it's worth raw but you're actually speculating for it to be worth more than that so do you tell them raw or or, or do you tell them what you're speculating or or do you just stick it in the middle Uh, but but ultimately like a lot of times my average book if i get it uh cleaned and graded uh probably comes in at around 70 bucks something like that so and the book has to be worth like collectible in order for it to increase in that value on that usually. And like, well, and, and, know, and it also takes into not, account age. Age is also yeah. like, yeah. Cause yes. you guys mentioned the nineties books are worthless because of mass printing. So what is like the most modern you can get where you start to see a valuable book, you know, that, that you guys uh, know by reputation. Well, I mean, well, I mean, honestly, that's, 
something can be put out last week and it can be valuable. Just like it, it's a, uh, a rare variant cover or something like that. Yes, a rare variant yeah, cover variant or cover. a a low print run book that that everybody wants to read or you know something that that they came out and then you know a week later somebody finds out that it's gone into turn around for a TV show or something like that. You okay. know? Yeah. Yeah. Marcus, so, you mentioned yeah, usually adaptations will bring stuff up. Yeah. And for free comic book yeah. day, there was a rare book release, right? Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. There were that. like, yeah, they sometimes do that. Like, well, there'd be difficult to find books on free comic book day, but even like James, you had that bad idea company. They sent you something that oh, yeah. was like, um, yeah, was like term? a term. Uh, an, an ash can, basically. I mean, ash can, what it is it's is like a test issue. Oh, we get, cool. we oh, yeah. get stuff that. like that in the mail all the time, especially from young, just starting out people who are, who are making a comic and are wanting people to see it. And, and, and so they send it to, com- to comic book stores to maybe, you know, look at, um, you know, there's usually contact information to get back with them to, you know, say, Hey, I want a, f- a few of these books to put in my store. Uh, we get those all the time. Bad ideas, and well, somebody sent us one of those, uh, and it was basically creators that you know I'd never heard of. Uh, you know, it looked like just one of those types of types of books, and uh, I stuck it on, on on the shelf, and somebody asked me if they could buy it, and I was like, "Yeah, you can have it for a dollar." They uh, took it up uh, up to the cash register. Then at the last minute, they take it back. And then that evening, I get online and Bleeding Cool is saying that that's the first uh, first bad idea book ever, basically. Oh, and, I feel so bad for that guy. Oh, and, he, you know, he chose not uh, to buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I make fun of him about it now to this day. But, um, yeah, so, you know, before you know it, you know, collector – speculation kicks in and people are, are saying, okay, you know, there's only, you know, so many bad idea stores, how many of them probably threw this away or didn't even look at it or lost it or, you know, whatever. And there's only a handful of those left. So that book overnight becomes like a $600 book. Oh. And later it's like, a, it, and a few months later it's going for 2000, um, you know, just mm-hmm. crazy. That's awesome. So, yeah, you know, and, that can happen. That can happen. It can, yeah. and, and like even stuff from like the nineties, like, you know, some of it still can be worth something based on, cause it, you know, it's based on rarity, but also like first, you know, character appearances and stuff like that. Like I know DC recently, even they had a new character that was showing up. Um, the Joker's new, uh, hench girl. Uh, what's her name again? Oh, punchline punchline and they touted they're like here's the first you know appearance of punchline and that you know started going lot for like a huge price and time and so like right now it may be worth more than it will in the future depending on what they do with that character but you know first character appearances usually um can attract some attention okay uh, um, but james was saying like yeah in the movies and tv shows the second you do that um things get attention i mean heck I don't think anybody really guardians of the galaxy were not like a, you know, a seller when, until they were like, we're going to make a guardians. No, in fact, wasn't that a challenge? Like they were to pitch a lower known IP, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay. Cause that's what I thought that like, 
Oh, I, I, I think that. like I had read that somewhere that like the some of the writers were like given the task of like oh you need to pitch a like one of our lesser known IPs well, to see that's really how we cool. can and try the, and and the t- get, gain interest in it you know and right. while the team name was old the team that they were they chose to adapt was a pretty new team like a you know yeah, re- actual, a pretty recent team compared yeah, to okay yeah the guardians of the galaxy were ri- originally a a group of space adventurers from the future. Yeah. And uh, the guardians of the galaxy sort of came back or, or rather a new guardians of the galaxy was developed whenever they were doing the annihilation event back in the, was that the two thousands or early 2010 somewhere? Yeah. There. It was like 2000 something early. So, yeah, but um, all this said, uh, I feel like we're in kind of treacherous times here with this. We're, we're kind of playing with fire again uh, because, you know, just like with punchline, uh, you know, that character can come out. You can spend 50 bucks on it on, online a week after it came out to get it right now. It's probably about, you know, you could probably get it for like 10, 15. Uh, these things come and go. And, DC printed printed plenty of copies of that book. I'm pretty sure. So you know, a lot of this stuff that the people speculate on recent can be very volatile, especially if you don't know what's going to happen with it. You yeah, know, I always I always tell people that you know you're really best off spending your money in the collectibles market on the on the blue bloods, the uh, the tried and true. Mm-hmm. Uh, these comics were valuable before speculation and they'll be valuable after speculation. So, uh, you know, I, we talked in a long term episode, an episode a while back about like, you know, the collectability and grading a little bit and like tips. And at the end of the day, I think I remember basically landing on for most people trying to collect for monetary reasons, you will end up losing money. Mm, yeah. It seems like you need the initial big amount of money to invest. Like, you know, like yeah. into an actual, like good collecting. A, a, a it, blue you know? blood. Yeah. Blue blood title, you know, your first appearance of Wolverine, your first appearance, yeah. you know, even there, there, there's even some recent stuff that's, you know, pretty, pretty solid. You know, I mean, you know, right now, first appearance of Marvel characters, you know, it's probably a good idea if, if you have any to hold on to them. And, so, you know, if and if you can get them fairly cheap, it's not a bad idea to, to get a first appearance of a, you know, Silk or, uh, you know, some sort of uh, random Spider-Man character. Uh, those are always, you know you never know what's going to happen with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it's always buy in low, sell high, you know, that's what, what people are doing. But, you know, you ultimately, I think ultimately you should collect what you love. And I don't think that's necessarily what's happening right now. I think people, there are a lot of people who have come rushing in who really don't care about anything, but flipping this thing, uh, you know, by next month and being able to make profit on it. People do it on large, on a large scale. Uh, 
you know, just come into com- comic stop shops with their phone and start looking for, for what they call key comics, buying up a bunch of stuff and, you know, just going to wait and see what happens with it. And, uh, it's become a little bit, a little bit too reminiscent in a way of what went on in, in the nineties. And, and I think it has, this, the, there are some inherent dangers to what they're doing right now that are maybe even worse, I think. Uh, but, you know, Marvel and DC, they're, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, conglomerates now who are pretty much driving culture. So, I mean, o- owning a little bit of that, I can see the appeal of it. And, uh, but, you know, for if, if you're just a guy who wants to go back and read the, the first, uh, you know, Silver Surfer story or whatever, you know, you have a high buy-in if you're going to, you know, go and get a single issue of it. It's just not, not going to happen. So, all right. Well, thank you, James. Did I talk too long about? No, that was awesome. No, that was awesome. no, it was great. It was very informative. We a lot had of that whole that like know. fucking Marcus clown act at the beginning yeah and i think you really made up for that like we almost lost face and then like it was good to yeah, hear, yeah yeah like i don't know if marcus knows he's muted but yeah he, he is knows. muted that's right oh, yeah. that's so <laughs> i don't know i think that marcus isn't that bad and he's he's doing a fine job um yeah he's he's fantastic i was just kidding i'm james Phil, uh <laughs> Our, our editor can fix all my ands and ums and editing, right? <laughs> well, no, video. Um, this is just how I sound. <laughs> I'm kidding again. I'm James. <laughs> I know that everyone who listens to this probably thinks that we're just like really mean to Marcus, but you don't hang out with yeah, me. Yeah, no, anyone know, that knows this knows Marcus. So you don't know. They know <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's probably true. <laughs> I am the uh, nicest person in the world. You know, I've included my friends and the nice. things that I love and all they are is mean to me. I just don't know why I maintain <laughs> these friendships. It truly uh, is an illustration of what goes around comes around. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Oh my God. At work, he just messes with people a lot and I've started doing things and he's getting blamed for it. And it's my favorite. Oh, she, awesome. she put, she put a severed arm it's in somebody's office and they came out and complained and were just like, Marcus. And Megan was just like, Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, the people are actively blaming me. Um, I don't it's know. My have, favorite. have I set up? I don't, I don't know if I've really set that much of a precedence that I'm always goofing around. That doesn't sound it's like true. me. It's no, true. not not at all. Um, not at all. All right. Well, the last thing we're going to do is, uh, since this episode is the last one before Halloween, we're going to give a few recommendations for some Halloween-ish. So anyone want to start with that? We can make Marcus talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a couple of recommendations. Um, one is like grows to my real basicness of liking DC comics. You are and, basic. And I am, man. I love me some pumpkin spice. I um, love, I love pumpkin spice. <laughs> I, I do love too. It. I love it I'm so not much. ashamed. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care. <laughs> you love what you love and don't be ashamed of it. Um, 
but a uh, a series that I really got into that's you know very easy for you to get a hold of the collections because they were all limited series and now they're in graphic novel format uh, was this right here the deceased uh, series from DC Comics and it had a lot of unfair comparisons to Marvel Zombies. Um, but it is incredible in its own right with what it does with the characters. Some of the characters it gets rid of in its first um, issue, or, you know, or in the first in the first series are really surprising. And I found it to be a really good character driven zombie apocalypse, you know, sort of situation. Um, but dealing with if you like, you know, DC cartoons, the movies or anything like that. It's just it's it's fun and it's well written and that's some of my favorite stuff. Like I do like reading something that's fun, um, but you know it'd be nice if the characters were written well. And that's you know uh, something I've talked about with the Power Rangers series. Power Rangers comic book series is one of those where it took something that is actually terrible <laughs> and applied good writing to something that is just. Um, outrageous and it's written by uh tom taylor who is best known probably for the injustice series of comics um you know they made two games injustice gods among us and injustice 2 and so he's really good at writing these like alternate universe very violent um sort of stories and i told someone about in the way i feel about injustice to let you know about his writing is i compared it to a lot of the Star Wars uh, books and comic books and that they've taken things that the movies have just not done or messed up on. And by filling out that expanded universe have made things make more sense or even made them better than before. Um, and that's what he did with the injustice series. So deceased, which good for them. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. that I think that they really, you know, and you know, not D E it's uh, Oh, it, I don't know if it's going to be forwards when we do it, but yeah, D deceased. Oh yeah, yeah. it's backwards. Yeah, clever. It's, yeah. It's ah, I can't do this. Um, so uh, it's it's incredible. I highly suggest it if you are looking for something in Halloween zombie themed. And the other thing I brought is something that I know Tom will be excited about because he talked a little bit about the series finally continuing and getting an adaptation of the show, and that is the uh, first volume of the chilling adventures of Sabrina on top of the art, just being really, really cool and good and creepy um, in a weird way. Like it's very dark and uh, spooky in ways that the show can be while also using like some of the original, like language of the characters in the old Archie comics that were a little bit hokey dory at times. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's which really, issue, really which good. issues does that collect this, this, I believe this is one through, uh, Eight. maybe where are you at? I just know that, that a new issue of it came out. That's I think that's all yeah, of it. One through eight is all of it, right? Yeah, so Cause the, nine so, so one just came out. One through eight. Yeah, one yeah, through eight. This has to be one through yeah. eight because yeah. yeah, nine just Can you get those out. at the shop too? So, like the trade paperback like that? Uh, do I have the trade paperback? Yeah. I did. I don't know if I still have any copies, but I can always – I tell people, just call me and I can see what I can, okay, what I can find for you. Yeah, so you can get that from him, and then you can pick up issue nine yeah. because yeah, yeah. I saw it on the shelf yeah. the other day. So it's just it was a perfect timing to pitch this. This is so good. And those are my kind of like 
Halloween picks. Yeah. Yay! Anybody else? I, I recommend Scott Snyder's Witches. Uh, Marcus said oh, it for yeah, a book club yeah. uh, about a year ago, and uh, it reads super fast. It's, it was uh, pretty brutal artwork. I, like I, it was, it was a really spooky story. Like a really, it, it like sucked me in for sure. I, I felt like I blasted through it just because. Um, once you start, you just don't want to put it down. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to find out what's yeah. happening. There's really creepy yeah. artwork, and he d- he does a great job of like. He's got a universe built up, but it's just that one book. Yeah, right that's now. the only thing is that um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't continue. It, it ends yeah. on a on an unfinished note, and you're kind of bummed. So if you want no commitment, yes, this yes, this is the one for you. Yeah, and I've just started Gideon Falls, so I'm excited about that. Oh, oh yeah, you yeah. got that yes. from me. Yes. I know you're excited. I'm excited. Cool. All right, um, for me, uh, if you're looking for something for Halloween, comics is the place to go because we got. You know, the industry is producing some really great stuff. Something is killing the children. Uh, Department of Truth. Um, you know, you know, Tiny James Tiny and the Fourth is doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, there's a new book out from DC called Soul Plumber that uh, uh, is really great. Um, it's by the guys over at the. Uh, I think the guys that wrote uh, have a podcast. The uh, bloody disgusting podcast or something. I, I'm not oh. sure, but, uh, okay. uh, it's, a uh, it's really been popular. Uh, Ooh, anthology series, ice cream man, ice cream man, which even though there's lots of volumes of that, it is an anthology series and you can pick up any of those volumes. Yeah. Frank and James on, has some of those. Yeah. Frank on the farm. If you're into like folk car and psychological art, oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff is there. Um, uh, movie wise, I'm about to watch uh, demons tonight. Uh, after I watched Dune with Marcus, nice. I, I see that Marcus almost looked like he was about to maybe get upset there. But yes, I will be watching Dune with you. You're abandoning me. You, I know you want to watch Dune, but I'm, I'm always up late, so I'll probably watch. I, I just got it in the uh, new Blu-ray of Demons, uh, an old Italian, uh, uh, old Italian horror flick from the eighties, uh, and I guess that could bring us to quite possibly uh, some of the plans we have in the future. I know that Marcus has been talking about a Patreon and doing some bonus content. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. So the Patreon is actually Segway. up and ready to go and I'll have the link in the description today. So you can start doing that for us because we want to create more content. And the first thing we, I want to do is I thought James, James is a big movie buff. So to kind of like just for fun, uh, you know, to get to know us better, I'm going to let James show us um, when we get the chance, just some old, you know, movies. And I'm sure they'll tend towards horror and that's fine. And we're going to talk about those movies, but I definitely expect us to be like James to be like, Oh man, did y'all love that movie? And us to be like, Man, that movie sucks. <laughs> oh, dang. Or what it what did I just wow. watch? Or yeah. you know, I just I really I asked so James I asked James if we could watch some just really crazy stuff to show some really, you know, just stuff that I don't think we would have stumbled upon on our own. And so we're gonna start doing that as if you are a patron for as low as three dollars a month, you'll get access to those episodes once they start going up. Um and I, I just think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. As someone Sounds who fun. watched like a lot of bad movies recently, thinking of horror, I did watch, and James, I don't know if you finished this movie series, 
I watched all the Phantasm movies this past oh, really? like couple of weeks. Yeah, you're okay and up until about the third or so, I think. I think you're okay until the second. Okay. <laughs> um, the first one, and in fact, honestly, the second one is like solid. Um, but it's, you know, it's definitely like a cult movie. It's definitely not for every series. It's not for everybody because it's very trippy, not clear. Um, I would stop then, you right now and, and, and say that this is all for like bonus content or like, you know, monetized yeah. content. But I know that nobody would pay for your opinion on a movie. So oh, go right no. ahead. Yes. James, you're awful. Um, <laughs> do not like I, uh, the, James, have you watched the most recent Phantasm movie though? Uh, Ravager? Oh, no. I wouldn't go. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to go in that direction yet. It's. It's a it's a movie. They made it. Anyways, I'll let uh, Megan finish <laughs> off with her recommendations. Oh uh, yeah, mine are less like traditionally spooky, so that's why I picked them because there's a lot of spooky stuff out there. So here's a couple for people who want Halloween or you know vibes, but don't want to be like read horror stuff. But uh, Pumpkinheads by Rainbow Rowell is one. That's actually like a YA, and that is illustrated by Faith Aaron Hicks, and this shit is adorable. And it's got all the fall vibes and it's got a lot of flannel and some pumpkins and it's cute. And I that like it. That sounds so cute. Yeah, <laughs> it actually sounds way more out. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It, it, it was a quick read and it was, you know, it was, it was fun. Good, good feels. And the other one is Fangs and this is by Sarah Anderson. And um, this is just like a slice of life and it's, about a 300 year old vampire and a werewolf in a relationship. And it's just a, like a slice of life. Oh, in something that we can all context. relate to. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but wait a second. Why why we we taught me that vampires and werewolves don't get along. Uh, Twilight taught Too yeah, bad. that as well. <laughs> no. Uh, Twilight did not teach me. We really found that out in, uh, what, what is it? What we do in the darkness or hey, what we do in the uh, shadows. shadows. Oh, in the shadows. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Watch, watch all of that this Halloween. I'm not again. a werewolf. I'm a swearwolf. <laughs> werewolf. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> so good. But that's yeah. it for me. Um, did anyone else have anything to add before we sign off? Uh, have a spooky Halloween. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, have a good Halloween, everyone. Yeah. Um, hey, Marcus. Yes. You wrote something for me to read and you didn't finish it. Oh, so I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to read it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, basically, here, I'll go ahead and just kind of cover it. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've been hearing about a lot of you guys that are listening to us. And so we really want to start thanking those who have been spending their time with us. So please make sure to head to our social media and any of our social media links down below and give us a shout so we can thank you personally on the podcast for giving us a listen every single week we could not continue making this without you and you know even just listening is support enough for us but we will also take your three dollars a month yeah we true if you could just leave your name and address we'd love to come thank you personally that'd be great we really really need your money yeah give us give us money and likes and subscribes i know that marcus does not like to be yeah, overt maybe. about this, but I'm going to go ahead and do this for him. Like, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends, it. write graffiti on 
bathroom walls that say VF Didn't Comics it. and our say for a good to, time. Listen to VF it. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> we have whatever you need. So, and if there is anything else that you're looking forward to us that you'd like for us to offer as bonus content on the Patreon, or if you want to give us more money than the three dollars a month, yeah, we're let fine us know, and we'll we will take it from you. Where we include Marcus's We're phone really number nice like to that. include with your graffiti bathroom <laughs> wall so that you can uh, yeah. tag it on there for yeah, accuracy. Call up. My voicemail is just going to be an entire episode of the podcast. Yes. Here's, here's a quick, uh, yeah, here's a quick intro. If you're trying yeah. to give me a call, uh, you have to listen to this first. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> Oh, and that's it. That's it for this week. This Thank you guys for being here. Apart. What? I said this is a, how it all falls apart at the end. Whenever we're all it together. is. It <laughs> is. You have to, just, you have to ignore so James just, at the end, Meg. We're just all Sorry. too too uh, embarrassed to ask for for money and help. <laughs> just ignore him, Meg, and just keep moving on. All right, special special thanks to Jeff Matika for our, our new original music. Um, you can find out more. Um, you can listen to more of his original work on Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter. We've got all the links to that in the description. Um, shout out to 806 Films, our new and amazing source for all of our video and audio editing needs. Uh, you can contact them for your needs in the episode description as well. You can listen to us every week on your favorite podcasting platform. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Um, your search for great stories, authors, and artists doesn't have to end with this episode. Visit vfcomicspodcast.com for more great content. Content Like this episode. Uh, what? Like episode transcriptions. Jesus Christ, Marcus. Upcoming independent stories and Kickstarters, <laughs> education put, recommendations, and much, much more. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm blaming Marcus for the bad outro. I just, Meg, you did so, a really so great job until just now. <laughs> but I that's know. Okay. Anyways. All right, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, already, uh, you know, we've got the explicit. <laughs> no, it's already the last episode. We need at least one. See you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs>